Greetings and welcome to another episode in the Thinking Spatially podcast series. Joseph Kursky here, your host, geographer. Today, let's chat about Al-Idrisi, I-D-R-I-S-I, Al-Idrisi, Pleasant Journeys into Faraway Lands, Al-Idrisi, Pleasant Journeys into Faraway Lands. While Europe was in the midst of the Dark Ages, 700 to 1300, and classical knowledge of geography had largely been lost, or at least buried, the study of the world by Arab geographers was actively encouraged by a number of rulers. The Caliph al-Ma'mun, M-A apostrophe M-U-N, 813-833, sponsored scholarship in Baghdad, which led to the production of a large map of the world, now lost but described by al-Mas'udi, circa 950, as even including an accurate distance of one degree on the arc of the meridian measured in Iraq. Pretty amazing. The great triumph, though, of Islamic map-making was the world map of Abu Abd Muhammad al-Idrisi al-Qurtobi al-Hassani al-Sabti, or simply al-Idrisi, circa 1099 to 1166. As al-Idrisi's fame grew, he gained the attention of European sea navigators and heads of state, including the invitation, the invitation by Roger II, the Norman king of Sicily, to serve in Roger II's court and produce a world map. Al-Idrisi served in King Roger's court in Palmermo, on the northern coast of Sicily, for 18 years and finished the map while he did so. The map was no ordinary map, oh no. It was rather engraved on an enormous disk of solid silver, no small feet, and was two meters in diameter. It goes without saying that the map must have also been very heavy. Indeed, it is estimated to have weighed 204 kilograms, or 450 pounds. The map was finished in 1154. It had a wonderful title, Kitab Nuzhat al-Mushtaq, Latin Opus Geographicum, or A Diversion for the Man Longing to Travel to Far-Off Places. A Diversion for the Man Longing to Travel to Far-Off Places. It is often referred to as the Tabula Rogeriana, after King Roger. Al-Idrisi also produced at least two geographical compendiums that also had wonderful titles. The first, Kitab Nuzhat al-Mushtag fi Ikfraq al-Afqfaq, or The Book of Pleasant Journeys into Faraway Lands, or The Pleasure of Him Who Longs to Cross the Horizons, or Climates, was also known as the Book of Roger. This book included a world map and 70 sectional maps. Remember, this was in the days long before GIS made it easy to make maps. In the book, Al-Idrisi explained that King Roger wished to know accurately the, quote, details of his land and master them with a definite knowledge, and that he should know the boundaries and routes, both by land or sea, together with having a knowledge of the other lands and regions in all seven climates, whenever the various learned sources agreed upon them, end quote. The second was Rod Unos Wa Nushat Al-Nafs, or the Pleasure of Men and Delight of Souls. I love that title, The Pleasure of Men and Delight of Souls. 
Aladrisi knew about and drew on Ptolemy's world gazetteer and sought to improve upon it. As his quote above, as I mentioned earlier, indicates, he had a grand plan to describe the world in terms of seven climates. These were organized in tiers, running from east to west. This was a foreshadowing of Köppen's climate map 800 years later, also foreshadowing the maps made for educational purposes, some tongue-in-cheek during the late 20th century from the, quote, perspective of the southern hemisphere with south at the top. Aladrisi's map was also oriented with south at the top. The map was vast in scope and detailed, including all of Europe and Asia and northern Africa. Despite the fact that East Africa and India were known to Muslim merchants, his map fails to include these. But perhaps the information did not reach him where he worked in Sicily. His book was published in Arabic in Rome in 1592, becoming one of the first Arabic books ever printed. Geography even played a role in helping Al-Adrisi in his work. While crusaders and Muslims battled in Palestine, and much of Greek and Roman thought, such as that of Ptolemy and Pliny the Elder, had been neglected in northern and western Europe at the time, Sicily remained a meeting place where different cultures could exchange goods and ideas. Could Al-Adrisi have had a wry sense of humor? Could the subtitle of one of his books, Pleasant Journeys, really be ironic? For surely, traveling in the 14th century was fraught with danger, from land robbers, sea pirates, unimproved roads and trails, inadequate provisions, and hostile political powers. Or could Aladrisi have just shared what is common to many geographers, a love of people, places, and travel that causes the difficulties to pale in comparison to the adventure? Hmm, interesting to think about. Muhammad Aladrisi was born in Ceuta, a Spanish city on the north coast of Morocco. He was a descendant of the Hamudids, Hamudids, a Berber Muslim dynasty, who claimed descent from the Idrisids, who are regarded as the founders of the state of Morocco, and from whom he is named. Like other geographers and cartographers, there's ample evidence that he was well-traveled, even by the age of 16, including Anatolia, or modern-day Turkey, Cordoba in Spain, Portugal, and the Pyrenees on the Spanish-French border, the French Atlantic coast, Hungary, and York, or England. But also like other geographers, he carefully listened to and recorded information about places he had never seen from other travelers, such as Islamic and Norman merchants who had traveled as far as India and China. In fact, some hold that he dispatched travelers and draftsmen to various locales, instructing them to make careful records of what they saw. Some also hold that he formed an academy of geographers and invited other scholars to collaborate with him there. Whatever the extent of this academy, it is clear that most of the 18 years was spent compiling and assessing information from the field, and a relatively short amount of time was spent actually writing the books and creating this wonderful silver map that I described. Much of the assessment was devoted to reduce the omissions and resolving the contradictions in field notes and reports. Also, like some other geographers, Aladrisi made contributions in other fields. He contributed to the science of medicinal plants and wrote several books, the most popular entitled Kitab al-Jami il-Sifat Ashtat al-Nabatat. He reviewed and synthesized all of the literature he could find on the subject and was associated with medicinal herbs available to him from Muslim scientists along with those from his own research and travels. He contributed this material to the subject of botany, 
focusing on medicinal plants, describing the names of derived medicinal drugs in several languages, including Berber, Syriac, Persian, Hindi, Greek, and Latin. Pretty impressive. Aladrisi also called on knowledge gained through his travels and notes to write about the subjects of zoology and fauna. Why? Because geography is holistic, and to many geographers, writing about animals and plants of a region is part of the very earth description term that gave geography its name. Aladrisi's accomplishments were revolutionary. For 300 years following the publication of his map and compendium, cartographers copied his map without alteration. He inspired Islamic geographers such as Ibn Battuta, Ibn Khaldun, Piri Reis, as well as Christopher Columbus and Vasco da Gama. Europeans did not explore the source of the Nile for another 700 years, and when they finally did so, Samuel Baker and Henry Morton Stanley found Aladrisi's lakes and rivers to be remarkably accurate. His positions of some of his map features are still considered accurate in the 21st century. His descriptions of places provide one of the best records we now have of the world at that time, going far beyond mere place name recordings. For example, he describes Chinese junks or ships as carrying leather, swords, iron, and silk, the glassware of the city of Hangzhou, and Guangzhou's silk as the best. During the late 20th century, Clark Labs at Clark University named their GIS software Idrisi in tribute to the famous cartographer. Whatever became of this huge, heavy silver map, it would have been difficult to misplace such a thing, and indeed it was not misplaced and is not buried in the sand somewhere, waiting for a modern Indiana Jones to find it. Sadly, not long after it was completed, King Roger II died, and his court was attacked by Byzantine invaders. Hmm. They melted down the silver map disc to make weapons. Arg. Aladrisi escaped with the Arabic version of the Book of Roger, but the Latin version was destroyed, and the book was not translated into Latin again until 500 years later. If the Byzantines would have realized what they were destroying, they might have actually read the map, using the map to make even bigger conquests than their silver weapons could have ever hoped for. Even though the map was destroyed, Aladrisi's legacy and influence lives on to this day, and so does his statue. As a statue in his hometown of Ciota, Aladrisi proudly stands, fittingly, holding his map. Aladrisi, Pleasant Journeys into Faraway Lands. Aladrisi, Pleasant Journeys into Faraway Lands. Thanks for joining me, Joseph Kursky, on this episode of the Thinking Spatially podcast series. Be spatial, and I wish you all the best. Thank you.